to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to this bonus episode of Affirming Truths. I'm so excited for the conversation I'm going to have today. With us, we have Emily Lewis, who is host of the Abundant Grace podcast. She is a faith coach, and she really focuses on helping you find confidence in who God made you to be and to walk where he's calling you to walk. And I am all about this topic. Emily, hello. Thank you for being here. Hi, Carla. I'm so glad to be here with you. You know, confidence is a huge topic. um, And it's a topic that the world really wants to inform. You know, we talk about self-confidence, self-esteem, and all of that. I'm diving right in. (laughs) I'm diving right in. Um, What is the difference between the world's idea of confidence versus finding the confidence in who God created you to be? Yeah, we're diving. We're jumping right in. We're jumping right in. Jumping or diving. So we're diving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So confidence, I believe, comes from security. Mm -hmm. When we are secure, we know we're loved and cared for. And that no matter what we do, whether we succeed and um, get it right, or we succeed and are the powerful person that God created us to be, or if we fail, we are loved no matter what version of ourselves we're showing up as then we're confident. We can have confidence and it doesn't have to be something that we muster up inside of ourselves. I have a complicated relationship with the statement, fake it till you make it. Mm. Because on so many levels, you're just out. We're just out here winging it. We're just trying things. We are trying new things. And in a sense, we're faking it. We're just going with the flow. But on the other side, I think faking it till we make it is eating away at our souls because we're trying to just be something that we don't feel like we are. And instead, if we can get back to who we are, whose we are, what God says about us, then we can have that imposter syndrome. We can feel like, who am I to be doing this? Um, what if people found out that I only have a month of experience at this, or if this is new to me, or that I failed at this five times or whatever, like we can go with those doubts instead of trying to hush them with our performance. So I think what can happen sometimes is we're trying to outwork our inner critic. We're trying to outwork our insecurities mm-hmm. to like mask over them in order to earn that confidence And that happens in the church just as much as I think in the secular spaces. Um, I think all of us need to be reminded of our security, our position with Christ and the power that God gives us. Ephesians 3.20 is such an interesting verse um, that we we know the verses leading up to it talk about the width and the breadth and the depth and the length 
of the love of God. And Paul prays that they would understand that. And then verse 20 says, um, I have a couple different versions rattling around in my head, so I'm probably not going to get it perfect. I'm not going to quote it perfect. But the idea is that God can do exceeding abundant above what we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Mm. The power of his love operates in us. And I think that's something that most of us aren't aware of on a daily basis. We forget that. Mm-hmm. We need that pep talk. We need to, need to be reminded who we are um, so often and what God says about us because that level of confidence comes from those truths and that kind of security. You're so right. Like confidence is really bred out of being secure in who we are. And I think for so many women, and this was me for a very long time, we had this idea of who we were supposed to be. Like we're supposed to be this. Society tells us we're, you know, supposed to have it all together or we're supposed to love certain things. We're supposed to show up in the world this way. And so we really try to fit in a mold that was never designed for us because God did not design us with a mold. He designed designed us so each uniquely um, gifted with different personalities. So how do you how do you move away from trying to be who you're not and settle into who you are? Yeah, there's there's a few different ways we can approach this, uh, but. On a foundational level, we need to address the fears underneath us being our true selves. Wearing a mask feels safer. Being the version of ourselves that we're quote unquote supposed to be feels safer because we're afraid of that that woman, that girl down inside of us who is like, no, I'm more vibrant or I'm more quiet or I'm more like whatever you, you really are. We're afraid of that. And there's a few different reasons why we feel like maybe that version of ourselves isn't quite enough, but God didn't make any mistakes when he made you, he made you just right. And we can feel like, um, when we are our authentic self, it's more painful to be rejected when we, we show up as, um, our full selves, because if people reject a part of us or they reject who we were trying to be, it's still painful. But I think it's a Timothy Keller quote. He talks about our greatest fear is being known and then not loved. And our greatest joy is being known and loved. Um, So if we want to stop performing and stop um, trying to do all of the things we're quote unquote, like you said, supposed to, like we're supposed to be this, I would start examine, examine the shoulds that you say throughout the day or examine the shoulds that you carry on your calendar or examine the shoulds that you carry on your shoulders. Oh, I should have done the dishes last night or I should call that person or I should do this. Well, what's a must for you instead? Oh, I'm, I must pour into this. If I don't do this, I know that there's a part of me missing. This is part of my calling. Like start weeding out those shoulds and you can um, identify the fears that way too. Like you should have done the dishes. Why are you afraid that somehow it means that you're not as valuable because 
your kitchen is a mess today? Are you afraid that um, someone you live with is going to be disappointed in you? Are you trying to control their emotions? Like find out what is this fear underneath your shoulds and then speak truth and life to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's specific to those fears. Um, like affirmations, declarations, and we can talk about belief more if you want, but the idea is addressing those core fears so that we can address the beliefs and change our beliefs because um, they, they are the foundation for how we show up. It's so true. What you believe about yourself will dictate how you show up in life. And being your authentic self does take vulnerability. But if you can be rooted in the unchanging, um, faithful love of God, then we're less likely to seek man's approval. Like so many of us live or die on the hill of man's approval. And you will never please everyone. Like I am not everyone's cup of tea, right? Right. And we have to get okay with that. We have to get okay with that. So yes, let's talk about belief. I love that. I know for mm-hmm. me personally, and I know for some of my audience, um, we have held beliefs about ourselves because of our past traumas, our past shame. Um, a lot of my listeners like myself struggle with mental illness and we have, um, incorrectly thought that that was a defining feature or limitation of who we are or how God could use us. When we believe these lies about ourselves, that we are somehow unworthy or incapable or unloved because of our past, because of our illness. How do we work at changing those beliefs? Because we can never change our action until we change our belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was trying to look for a quote I just saw about the fear of what other people think. It's been on my mind a lot lately. So it doesn't surprise me. It's been in my Instagram feed because, you know, you watch one video about yes. it and then the algorithm is like, oh, you like this here? We'll show you more. But this, it's so common to fear what other people think and um, be a people pleaser. For years, I didn't even identify with people pleasing and then come to find out I was living with it. <laughs> like to an unhealthy extent, it was just so automatic for me to wonder if I do this, what will someone else think that I, I didn't realize that I was operating with it with every decision I made. I'll give you a couple examples. I would get a nudge to bring someone a meal and I would be like, why them? I have no idea what they're going through. That would be kind of silly. I don't want them to feel like I'm being patronizing. Probably. I don't know. And I've talked myself out of it pretty fast because when you get those nudges and they're just a tiny nudge, it's pretty easy to talk yourself out of them if you don't act right away. Um, And then all of your doubts and then you're not even sure that that was nudged to you. Right. And Instead, I started taking action on those as if, like, I don't know what they're going through. Instead, like, completely just almost the same words, but just flipping it. Like, I don't know what they're going through, but I can bring them a meal. And I don't know why I made it about me. I was afraid of what they would think of 
me when I would want to bless them and we can allow ourselves to be misunderstood anyway. That's one definition of confidence I heard was the courage to let yourself be misunderstood. Mm. And that it directly tied to releasing what we fear people might be thinking. Um, And we can't even control how they perceive us anyway. So it's kind of a futile effort, but to release even more of any of the shame that comes with that, there's a pretty good reason why we try to please others. And it goes back to that security. We have been created with a need for belonging. We've been created with a need for community. And sometimes we just go about it their own way. We go about it kind of wonky ways, like especially you said, when we've been through traumatic experiences that have harmed us and their communal wounds or wounds from humans, it can be extremely painful to try to let people in again to those, like I was talking about that most vulnerable version of ourselves, the real version of ourselves. Um, So we try to create a version that we think is most palatable for people. And when we stop being that version or they start seeing another side to us, those relationships crumble pretty fast and they don't give us the security that we were initially seeking anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, how do we change these beliefs? How do we shift out of this pattern? And number one, we have to recognize the pattern whether it's shooting on yourself, like I should be doing or recognizing how your thoughts are, what would so-and-so think if I did that? Or what are those patterns for you and how are they shaping how you show up? Awareness is really key. And this isn't, you can sit down and you can journal it through. You could dig, you could dig down and be like, what are my patterns? But even just a a careful curiosity about your reaction to things, I think is even better because I, I resort to more of the, let's just figure this out. Cause, cause if I figure it out, then I can fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just having so much self-compassion because compassion comes from the father and because his, he's filling us with his compassion, we can extend the same to ourselves and recognizing the pattern and then speaking truth to that those specific fears that are underneath those um, beliefs. And that can be done through affirmations, declarations, Bible verses, um, or I love bringing community into this. So um, have you ever heard the term borrowing belief? Yes, I have. Yeah. I love it so much. And my mom, we have not had a conversation about borrowing belief before. And we were talking about it the other day and she goes, Oh, I use that. She teaches a women's um, ski group. And she said, I teach women to just borrow confidence from me. And I love it. Yes. So we can borrow belief or borrow confidence because she's like, I know you can do this slope. I would not have brought you here if you could not do this slope or do this exercise, borrow confidence from me because I believe you can. And whole community around you whom you can borrow belief from on the days that you don't, maybe it's one friend. Yeah. Maybe it's a dozen, maybe it's a coach and a mentor that you actually hire, bring people around you that can help you shape, shape and change your beliefs so that you can recognize those patterns. And, um, the idea isn't to rely solely on them. It's to bolster your belief 
in who God says that you are um, so that you can go forward with so much confidence, even when you, you aren't getting the validation or the feedback. And I always say to the women that I talk to that in order to really know who God says you are, you have to get into the word. And I know so many women are intimidated or they feel overwhelmed, but when we say speak truth, the infallible truth is the word of God. And so we have to really know who God is and we have to really know who he says we are. So we get that security that you're talking about, right? I often say it like this, like you wouldn't trust a stranger with your life or with the life of your kid. So if you don't know God, then it's it's harder to trust him. It's harder to build that belief. If you don't know a certainty what he says about you, it's hard to to trust that, right? Because it's like a stranger and you've got to make him a good friend rather than a stranger mm-hmm. to build the trust and all of that. Yeah, I love that invitation to trust him. Sometimes yes. we look at the Bible and we're like, oh, I should just, I should, there's that word again. Yes. I should just have more faith and God, God is just inviting us to trust him. We see how Jesus interacts with people and he's inviting them into relationship and Jesus is doing the same thing for us. And I love what you said about the scripture, because I think we hear some of this, but our ingrained patterns of, oh, I'm, I'm just not enough, or I am not worthy of love or those ingrained beliefs that if we slow down enough, we, we find them. We're afraid that they are actually true. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe the Bible does say that I am those things. And so we have to counteract our, uh, what our, what's the word? Anyway, our foundation, whatever the, the lens you're looking through the world with, if that's the Bible, then you need Bible to counteract the beliefs that you have that are faulty. You have to go back to your, um, what, what I can't think of the word, but what is foundational for you and the word of God, um, can come against things that you've heard from culture or work or school or, um, church that have made you feel like there was something you had to do to earn God's favor rather than resting in it. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I know you talk a lot about too, about, you know, going where God is calling you. And I feel like so many women maybe overcomplicate this or get confused and like, I don't know where God is calling me. How do I figure out my purpose? What do you say to the woman who feels like she's struggling and knowing what God is asking of her? in the particular season she's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with, well, maybe I'll give a caveat. Sometimes, sometimes God's voice isn't super clear in a moment and that's okay too. Um, But when we practice, yeah, we have to practice hearing God's voice. And that is also, I believe that exists outside of scripture because he's speaking and nudging and the Holy Spirit is guiding us and directing you every day. I used to believe that the Holy Spirit would only quote me a Bible verse. That's the only way he would speak. <laughs> and now I know that he speaks and I haven't 
heard the audible voice of God, but it's like that still small voice, that nudge. Like I said, go bring a meal to someone here. Go like do this, try that, um, text this person. And we get really good at hearing God's voice. And the faster that I respond to that voice, the more clearly I hear it. Because those little nudges, God is so gentle. Oftentimes he's not, he's not booming. It's like Elijah in the cave. He wasn't in the thunder, not the earthquake. He was in the still small voice. And I heard that recently said by a pastor. I think I can't remember his last name, so I won't say it, but uh, he said, I'm so close to you that it would have been awkward if I had yelled. Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? That's so like he's, beautiful. Oh, close. So get used to that voice. And it might take work untangling what you think the voice of God sounds like. If you grew up in a harsh home, um, you might feel like God's voice is like a parental figure. Um, if you grew up in a church that was very condemning or um, very, um, you, you can grow up feeling like God is distant from you and not saving you. If you went through hard things and it was like, well, where God, where was God in that? So recognize those patterns because we project onto God what we've experienced mm-hmm. and religious trauma I've heard defined as like being handed an inner critic and being told that that's God. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to discern what is God directing me to remember that the Holy Spirit is a guide, a comforter, a helper, and he's not in there going condemning you. Jesus didn't come to condemn and the Holy Spirit didn't either. They're, they're pointing a better path forward. So it starts with hearing God's voice and some practical ways. I like to do that. You it works differently for different people. You art might be the way that you process and that you connect with God. It might be going for a walk. It might be going for a drive. It might be doing dishes so that your hands are busy and not listening to a podcast. So your mind is calm And it might even look like just being still. You can do this with a journal or just sitting still. But listening prayer is so important. And we don't practice it in our, I think, you know, there's more contemplative practices um, in the like Anglican churches and more Orthodox churches. But especially in the evangelical churches, we forget to sit. We forget to be still. Mm -hmm. We forget to be just aware of his presence, even if God doesn't speak. We forget to be aware of his presence and just listen. Um, so that's what I would, where I would start. And then I can tell you a story of a time that I argued with God and I was sure that my desire was wrong. And really it was him guiding me forward when I actually started my business and my, my coaching business and podcast, I had no idea what business I would start, but I had this tug for more. And I think a lot of women relate to that and we don't know what it is. But there's like this tug for something that we're not using a specific gift that we we have, or maybe we're moving into a new season and we have capacity for something new, or maybe we're supposed to quit something, but we have this, just this desire for something inside. And I felt pulled to do something more. And I was sure that it was wrong. I was sure that this desire was not from God because I, I had I- already decided what my life was supposed to look like based on what I had been taught my life was supposed to look like, but still I put myself in a box and subsequently put God in the box with me. Yeah, Like, no, this is how we operate. This is what we do. And I limited the power of God in my life. I limited how he could, um, we could partner together. 
And I, I finally, this happened um, at least three times over the course of a handful of years where I got this desire for more. And the last time I was vacuuming and just crying and begging God to take this desire away because I was sure that it was wrong. And I finally told my husband, see, when we involve other people, yeah. it helps release the shame. He was so excited about it. He was like, prayed over it in the moment. My biggest cheerleader, just excited for something. We had no idea what it would look like yet. It was yeah. just an affirmation of, yes, go after this more. So I just encourage people not to be afraid of pursuing something. I think there are a lot, there are a lot of decisions that are, once you decide them, like you're, you're in it, but there's a lot of other decisions that we can come back from. We can track back from. And I think that's one of the reasons we, we feel to take action is we're afraid that maybe this isn't the right thing. I don't know if you relate to that, but I get caught up in, it's like, is this the right choice? Yeah. for my next step. And maybe if we follow God, we're listening to his voice and then follow that desire um, that I think he uses to get us forward too. Yeah. Um, I think we can so, find really beautiful opportunities. I think so many women have been conditioned to think that they shouldn't want more. That wanting more is selfish. Wanting more means you're not content and we're meant to be content mm. with what we have, but God has created us for kingdom impact. And yes, there's a season where kingdom impact looks like doing your first ministry, which is your household, your kids, your husband. I believe that is our first ministry, but God has created us to be kingdom impact ripple makers. And that requires us to do more. That requires us to be more of who he created us to be not in our own strength, of course, empowered by the Holy spirit. But if anyone is listening and feeling that nudge for more and feeling like that throng, this is your permission slip to go after the more God is placing on your heart. And here's the thing when God speaks, like Emily said, it's not loud, he's silent, but he's also not confusing. He may not give you this full staircase, but he's not going to give you a confusing first step, you know, by the mic, if it's a podcast on your heart, you know, you know, reach out to a mentor if you want, like the first step is not confusing we get confused because we want the blueprint, all of it right away. And then we get scared when we can't see the outcome. But this is, like you said, a partnership. And our part of the partnership isn't to know five steps ahead. It's to be obedient with the step he's placed in front of us. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. So mm -hmm. you, you took the leap, you started the business, you grew in confidence in who God created you to be. And so how have you seen him bless that step of obedience? How have you seen him? How have you seen his fingerprints on where he's called you to be? Mm. I, th I think it is continuously for me, it's still being called into spaces that I, I didn't think I would be in. And it's really, it's really cool to just watch how even if 
maybe one thing like my podcast or whatever you're working on doesn't work out the way you think it will. Maybe it doesn't grow as fast as you think it will. Maybe it doesn't bring you the result that you thought it would. The It's not about the outcome. And I know it's cliche, but it really is about the journey. It's about walking it out. And what other yeses I've been able to say yes to confidently because I wrestled with that one so hard. Now I can, I can look at an opportunity and go, oh, this is for me a little bit more easily than um, doubting it. And I think every time we, we take that step and live with that boldness, um, not, not because it comes from us, but because again, it comes from the security of God's presence and God's love. And then we can um, make bold moves and um, even like boldness is something that Jesus gave to us and gives us access to because of the verse um, that in Hebrews that references the veil being torn and we have access, we can go boldly into the throne room of grace. And if we can be bold there, we can be bold um, in other, other spaces and other things too. I love that. I love that. What would you give as a final encouragement to someone who really wants that confidence, really wants to follow the nudge. How would you encourage her today? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to take maybe one tiny step of action towards it and um, consider, you've probably considered um, the what ifs it goes wrong and maybe consider the what ifs it, it goes great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can, we we kind of daydream on that some, but usually we spend it our t- energy on what could go wrong. And I would love for you to just consider what could go right because you are a powerful woman of God. There's no denying it. And if you don't believe that yet, take that as one of your affirmations, stick that on a sticky note and put it on your mirror because you are, and not because you have to muster something up inside of you not because you have to figure it out, but because God wants to partner with you and he's putting his power inside of you um, to impact yourself and others. And it spreads from there. So um, you are, you are powerful and you be empowered. Um, So I bet that there's a little bit of hesitation with somebody listening, like, oh, can I believe that? Go study it. Go look it up, get yourself a few Bible verses, not just one. You can go get a few so that you know, like there's context to yes. back it up, get a few to carry with you. And maybe you put those on your mirror or on your lock screen to shape and change your beliefs because so much is possible. Mm, I love that. And where can people find you and connect with you or work with you? Yeah, I uh, love connecting with people on Instagram. It's the platform I like the best. Um, So I'm emily.abundantgrace there. And my podcast is Abundant Grace. And then if you, there's a few different ways that I um, offer support for people. But the one I feel led to talk about is my connected course. It's a video based and um, workbook 
faith-based um, self-led course that helps you grow your connection to yourself and God simultaneously. I, I say it's your confidence boost and refresh on your relationship with God. If that's what you're looking for and you're longing for that deeper connection, maybe that's the more you're looking for that will guide you towards it. You can um, check that out on my website. That's emilyklewis.com. Emily, the letter K L O U I S.com forward slash um, connected. And then while we're here, I'll just throw all kinds of things at you. I have yes. a free resource. Um, that is a five minute meditation of God's truth being spoken over you that you can, you can go back to daily or listen to it. If, um, whenever you need it, that's at your relationship with God.com for forward slash meditation. And, and we will have can, all these links yeah. in the it's, show notes. They will all be there. So don't worry if you're scrambling for a pan. The, the, <laughs> the links will be there. The 30 seconds skip back. Yes. Yeah. So those are some of the resources I love to provide for people. That's amazing. Thank you for being so generous with your time, so generous with your resources. And it has just been a joy to have you on the show, Emily. Thanks, Carla. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.